On this episode, John and I, we review the final results of the President's Cup here in 2019. We get into a little bit about the drama, um, obviously, with uh, Patrick Reed, of course, uh, the U.S. comeback um, in that, as well as we debate a lot about the coverage um, and uh, what we really want to see, I guess, in coverage and golf and in sports and things like that and what we uh, really like. And then we dive into uh, drinking some bourbons. Uh, we've got kind of a classic old Forester that's uh, got some old old to it that we sip throughout the episode, and then we wrap it up as uh, had promised with the Blade and Bow uh, bourbon. So hope you enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll see you, or I guess talk to you, hopefully uh, maybe one more time before the new year, but possibly in the next year. Thanks. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. I'm Mark Julien. I'm sitting here in uh, the golf simulator room with Mr. John Falkenberg. How you doing, sir? Hey, man, we are. Uh, it's Monday night. Uh, our Colts are playing Monday night football. No, they're not actually playing. Our Colts happen to be in New Orleans, um, and there's a football game going on, but we're not really sure if they're playing or not. No, there's so, there's, there's no set <laughs> um, of football game. Uh, there's uh, there's a bunch of people drinking, watching a sporting event in New Orleans tonight. There happens to be one team on the field. I'm not sure who the other team is right now. It's pretty bad. So, high school JV team. Uh, early second half, I think we're down 27 nothing. Offense looks like garbage. Defense looks like garbage. Special teams had a punt block, so they're pretty much garbage too. Um. Yeah, it's been been been. Uh, hey, let's been not discount Drew though. Uh, Drew Brees has looked great. I think the defensive coverages or um strategy is piss poor though. So sorry, uh, Colts fans. It's it's not our season. It's tough when you lose your quarterback two weeks before the season starts. That's one thing. And we did have a lot of injuries, and we um unfortunately weren't able to fight through. Some of that stuff to get enough victories, but that is the NFL. That is football. That is so many different sports. I mean, it's it's so funny how we get caught up in this shit. And like, uh, as casual fans, and I'll call ourselves even casual fans, um, We're like we all we all like everybody thinks it can be some armchair quarterback like fix. And I, you know what? You know what I'm even say? I've been listening to sports radio in town, whether it's Dockich or JMV here in town. Those guys are such they're they're technically professional media guys, but they are the average Joe sports fan of average Joe sports fans. It's gotten really bad. Who? The the guys on uh the rate 1070. Oh, yeah. They're they're it's got their analysis of pro sports is so predictable, it's sad. And I and I don't it, listen to them. It's 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 actually like really them. sad. It, the Pro sports analysis has begotten, become so predictable, and we're going to get into that here in a minute with the President's Cup who's stuff. Your, who's your but favorite host on there, or least favorite host? My least favorite on the radio? 1070. Oh. Uh, you know, I, I, I man. <laughs> it's it's between JMB and Dockich, to be honest with you. Dude, Dockich is... I mean, he's, he's I, unlistenable I, at times. I, I actually like the guy. Like, but he is awful as a comment. Like, he makes no sense. 
But that's it, it's very predictable. He d- he d- but I actually does it's not predictable. I don't know what no, he's talking is. about. It's shock value garbage. It's I don't it's stupid. Yeah, he just okay, all right. What you just said there is it's shock value, but the strategy of what he's talking about makes no fucking sense. The absolute truth. It's like what are you talking about? No it's like you, you maybe that's what you're you're right. He wants to like, hey, I want to shock the fans. He's just looking for an angle. That's where that's where I'm saying it's become predictable. They're honestly just being contrarian to be to be contrarian for no other reason than to be contrarian. <laughs> like it's and I'm sorry, I said contrarian a whole lot there. But yeah, that is contradictory. You want to be contradictory th- to just like, for the sake of it, it, without even a decent argument. Yeah, just 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 so you look like you're insightful. Correct. It's it's actually it's almost like they're gaming the system at this point. And and um and I don't know. I mean, so who, anyway, who my, would who would you compare di- okay, everybody who of our of our thousands of listeners, but who would you compare Dan Dockage to versus a golf commentator? He is probably I know who I I've got in mind. I know I, I know who he is. Um and I think you're going to say the same guy. It's it's about as close. It it's not though. I can't. No, I'll actually. I'm going to give Shambly more credit than that. I, I I he's a he's a Duvall. David Duvall. The him and David Duvall are the same guy. Dockage because they're both. They don't get all riled up, and they both say like stuff. That you're just like, what? Are, uh, no, no way. No, actually, I'm going to disagree with you there. You think he's more like Shambly? Yeah, because he's more controversial. Um, I think he's he's willing to say stuff that he doesn't care if it offends somebody. Duvall's, I think, more conservative. Uh, that that's just my take. I just Duvall. think Shambly's just way more like aggressive with his his. He's actually more like um, oh shit, what's his name? And he's gone now from the Golf Channel. Um, oh crap, and that's going to drive me absolutely nuts that I can't think of his name. But um, it's going to come to me in a minute. Um, you know, I, I was thinking, are we going to have to start splitting our winter pods to like basketball pods? Right. <laughs> we're, I know we're like, we're not even talking about golf. I mean, we had a good week in golf though. We did. I mean, it's the first real time I've watched the president's cup, like any, significant amount, any amount of significant time. I mean, ever, I don't remember a president's cup before this. Do you? Uh, I can't, I can think of, you know, the one where they had like the tie and and they went i mean i remember the coverage of that like what was that 89 or whatever where they went into the playoff and then they ended up calling it what a tie or whatever it was cuz it got dark do you remember when the internationals won uh no i i, I do that's the thing between 89 and was that now, 90 what, what year was that 93 or 98 uh, or 94 98 when they won the international that might have been was it 89 they tied, or was 89 they won? There was another no, year that they tied. The, no, the year they won, they had VJC. That was 89. So it must have been another year between now and 89 that they... It uh, was the 9. I mean... Or maybe it was 99. Greg Norman... 98? 98, maybe? 98. Greg, Greg Norman, VJ Singh, Nick Pro- I mean, think about that team they had. Yeah. They had Ernie Els, Greg Norman, VJ Singh, Nick Price... Frank Nablo. I don't want to laugh when I say I just <laughs> Frank Nablo. Who's Frank Nablo, the most equivalent to a to a basketball commentator? He pontificates. Uh, 
he's he's probably like your um Frank Nabolo is kind of as good as um I'll give him like I'm trying to think of like a local basketball commentator that is just like just commentates for your like professional basketball team maybe like a uh um Buck uh Quinn Buckner. Quinn Buckner. Yeah, like a Quinn Buckner. Like I he's don't know. like he's got he's got he's got some decent commentary. He's got some decent stuff there, but it's like there's there's no there's no real substance there. I don't know. I, I feel bad. Like I'm giving these guys I mean, I know they work really hard at what they do, but um I like Frank Nabolo. Uh, he's fine. I do like him. He 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 actually makes concrete arguments. Do you like David Duvall? Um no. Um, and, and and that's just because he's boring. I think he's a nice guy. I just yeah, think it's just not bo- good. He's boring as shit. You probably like Shambly. I don't like Shambly. I so, don't I, I don't dislike um I Duvall. I'm the only thing so I like Shambly because I actually think he's prepared, but I think he is in the similar boat as Dockage, and that I sometimes think he's just contrarian to be contrarian. That's that's it. Like it, there's no, I'm not even sure he really believes in his argument, dude. But think about the like, you know, Nabolo goes on the green, starts throwing the balls around. You ever seen that when he's like, yeah, let him roll. It, I mean, Dockage gets out on the floor and shows yeah. some post moves. Yeah. Hey. I. Different strokes for different folks, man. And uh, hey, these guys obviously they've worked really hard to where to get where they're at. Um, the one guy I will say, if we're going to talk about golf commentators, though, the one guy that I don't think has done shit to get where he's at, and is honestly he's in a position that as if he's replacing Johnny Miller, and that's Paul Azinger. And I think Paul Azinger is an absolute turd. You know, I had a conversation with one of our friends. Uh, golfing buddies the other day and I asked him if they like Azinger. I do not like him. I think he is the guy that's like trying to put those one liners out there and like be this like certain type of like really unique guy. And it's just it's not working. It's 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 basically boring. And it's very like predictable commentary and it's just it's a snooze fest. Um, I'd la- I'd rather listen to Faldo, and I I think Faldo is pretty boring too. But I'd much rather listen to Faldo. I think I respect Faldo more. Like well, in re- that too, because he was actually a better player than Azinger. I mean, but but, but Azinger can't get if he ever you know he'd never listen to this. But if he did and he heard us like talking about him, I mean, is he if he gets real defensive? I mean, like you hear him when he talked to that that comment he made to Tiger Woods when Tiger just. Well, like him straight in the eyes that I only come to tournaments to win. Yeah, and and he told Tiger, "You'll learn." Oh, that wasn't Azinger. Who was that? That was Curtis Strange. Oh, it was. I was wrong. I thought it was Azinger. No, it was Curtis Strange. Are you sure? Yes, positive. Hundred percent. Yep. Sorry to call you on that. Gosh, that's bad. I thought Azinger said that. No, nope, it was Curtis Strange. But guess what? Curtis Strange doesn't call golf anymore either, or do interviews anymore either, because possibly because of that interview. <laughs> It could be because of that. Uh, which is pretty funny. You'll learn, though. John, John you'll learn. I, you're right. It is strange. I just, those guys kind of remind me of each other. Well, they, I get it. And maybe Azinger needs to grow into the role, but here's the deal. 
I couldn't stand Miller because of how arrogant he came across um, when he would talk about what he thought those guys were thinking or not thinking about their shot or whatever it was or why they played the shot the way they did, as if he was in their head. And I'm like, you can't be in their head. So for you to think that you're in their head was just it to me it I just, it just bugged the shit out of me cuz he always like made these assumptions that like he knew what that guy was thinking and why did that guy think that because it that wouldn't have been the right Miller thought. Miller and Faldo came across the same way up front they were very brash up front then they both softened up you know what I mean? They got like a little more like. I don't loose. know if Miller softened up much, but maybe he did he a little did. bit. But and Faldo, dude, do you remember Faldo when he came out first? Oh, yeah. he was terrible. He was, yeah, he wasn't good. Um, he did not like Tiger. I just think Azinger just doesn't have material, and they're just they're. He's like the the most known name out there that's willing to do the job right now, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at what you do, and so. I like think that there's a lot of guys willing to do that job. But he, no, he's the most well-known guy that wants to do that job kind of thing. Actually, I think Duvall's probably even better known than him, but Duvall sucks already, so <laughs> I don't know. That, that's hard. Um, I'd, I'd, and I hate to, I mean, we obviously, we, we do what we do. We follow other guys that do what we do with the pod, and I can tell you that uh, um, there are people that do podcasts that are better than Paul Azinger. Well, here's a... Th- Look, I'm not a major fan of, like, all the golf commentary. Like, Gary Koch and... and Whatever. And uh, Roger Maltby. I actually like Roger. He's okay. He does They're his fine. job. He does his job. Yeah. Gary Koch is too... He's too opinionated. I'm like, dude, how are you that opinionated? Like, with your golf commentary and your, the shots and, like, the people they make. It's like, you could never pull that off. Never. Yeah. Maybe, well, you, maybe you did twice. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, you know? He's Jim so Nance nice. never played professional golf in his fucking life. Yeah, but he doesn't criticize like them. And you know what? I'm totally fine with him being the guy. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. He, he is great, dude. He's, he's a, a re- great storyteller. And he's and just, that's what people want. Dude, he's the reason. Like he is he's a big as like he's a big part of master success. Absolutely. The way that I mean, like if you think of the masters and that music comes on and you think of his voice, like you're 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 dude, you are getting pumped. I like I and and here's another guy that in my mind similar to Nance but just is great for sports and it's Mike Tirico. And Mike does some of the coverage at times for some of the tournaments um but not like the like on course coverage. He's fantastic. He's great. He's fantastic because he just tells the stories, he makes it feel human. I'm like, why do we need a former golfer to to do this you don't give me just a sports guy who fucking loves athletes who wasn't a pro necessarily themselves but like you know like they played growing up and they fucking love it and they passion it's why it's why shane bacon to me is the guy right now but hold he on fucking loves golf but hold on you've got a, you've, you've got a good point here why think about like when they in in an nfl game they call in 
for like a sports ruling. They call him that Gene Cinemati guy, whatever yeah. the hell his name is. So they call him in for certain parts that they need. Like that's what they should do with ex-golfers. Bring them in when you need them. Hey, we need expert opinion here. We don't need your, you know, mindset. You don't need to. You don't need to. Ru- you don't need to lead the conversation. The only guy I want to listen to commentating golf. The only two guys would be Jack. Fairty. Would, no, it'd be Jack and Tiger. Even though yeah. I, that's it. That's those are the superiors. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Their their opinion of the game in general. If you're not thinking like them, you're probably not right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Faldo's good. He's got six majors. I mean, I'll listen to him. It's and that's where your Fairies and your McCords and some of these other guys they fit in. They, yes, they played the game, but fine. You be the they're on- humble though. They, but you be the on-course guy that is still blown away by what these guys on the course are doing and can't believe it and whatever else. And just give me a guy that loves telling sports stories like Tarico and freaking Nance, uh, and I'll eat it up. Or you give me like a Shane Bacon who comes from out of nowhere. And Shane's just, good. Anybody has a great, but he's just so passionate about the game. And he knows he can never play at that level, but he's just so passionate about the game that he's, he's just all in. Good golfer. Oh, he's a good golfer, but Not dude, he's dude. These guys are on another level. <laughs> these guys, like you and I, are good golfers. Like in the whole scheme of golf, like across the planet, we're pretty good. You and I are good golfers. We're we're top five percent golfers in the world. But but think com- about that. But, but think about that. <laughs> but comparatively, they are. Over four rounds, they're 25 shots better, maybe more. Easily. Maybe more. Maybe that more. Puts, that puts them in the top, like, half percent of golfers maybe in the 30 world. Maybe 30 shots. And whatever, right? So, um, and I, that my statistics are probably totally off on that. I, I know we're top golfers. It, anybody who's a single-digit handicap is, like, top 10% golfer in the world. So, um, if not 5%. I think five handicap and lower. Yeah. Your top probably five percent. So it's it, not, I mean, it's nothing to like, you know, I don't But my point is is that it doesn't take um experience to necessarily call golf on TV. And this president's cup, the coverage on this was it was a revolving door of I can't believe these guys aren't getting it done because on paper they they should be just killing this team, but I can't believe it's ha- it's not happening that way. And they they just kept repeating that same narrative of, wow, they're down, and I gosh, I can't believe we we aren't up in like all the freaking matches right now. On paper, we should be up in all the matches. It's like, but we happen to lose. We, we we lost a couple matches. Wow, we I can't believe we're down right now. And why aren't we winning them all? And and then the next day would come up, and they'd be like. Well, the expectation is that they should be able to come back because on paper, these guys should win all the mat. And it was like just a fucking broken record. And it drove me absolutely Dude, nuts. The, I, I don't even listen to the commentators. I almost, a lot of times I turn it off. Like I just watch it. I should have. I do. Because, I should have. Because they're saying that's, oh, these and, guys just, oh my and, God. And, like every, like when, when these guys talk about every little, yeah, we talk about every little, Mistake is like the end of the world. Every little mistake. Yeah. I'm like, shut up. We're talking about Tiger Woods here. Yeah. Justin Thomas. Well, it, hey, Ben Hogan has a quote. Golf is a game of misses, you know? And um, uh, the way I look at it is every shot is a miss unless it goes in the hole. Every shot is a miss unless it goes in the hole. 
And um, I, I love that because these guys commentating on whatever, but I tell you what, these guys are so fucking good. They're so good. That course, with the way they had to play, like where to land the ball short of the green or where to land the ball short of the hole or trajectory did you that they had to hit a shot so that they felt like it would land softer than um like just i love that that every approach shot the golf course is amazing but did you hear shambly's comparison of le golf national compared to that no so he said that you know if if it was more like a le golf national like thin fairways that the americans wouldn't have done as well because the American style is just blast off the tee. Yeah. And he, he thought uh, Melbourne was wide open. They, hey, they, were, they played a lot of shots out of that, like, kind of dry rough that was... And it was so... This, this was annoying. That course is harder. But that course is harder than leg golf. I think it is. I mean, by what well, I, looked, I think from, how fast those greens are. Yes, absolutely. The way those greens, they didn't hold a sh- anything or whatever. But I do think it was more forgiving if you missed a fairway. Because it was either trampled down or it was this dry, wispy grass that it was hilarious watching these guys describe. They, they'd zoom in on a ball, and the, the commentators would be like, oh, I just, this lie looks really tough. I think it's going to be a it's challenge. Perfect. And I looked at it. I'm like, it's sitting up on wispy fucking grass right now. Like, there's, there's hard pan all around it. It's almost a perfect freaking lie. Like, he's probably going to be able to spin it off of this. Like, there's no grass around it at all. I, what, I'm like, what game are these guys watching? That they're I, trying to make stories that didn't exist out of stories that didn't exist. I, I thought that golf course was harder than leg golf because the greens were so incredibly fast. That's I mean, you Le, can't leg ho- golf set up for um, you had to drive. They, they put a premium on driving the golf ball, right? And just like a U.S. Open does, he puts a premium on driving the golf ball. And we didn't. The team as a whole, those those twelve guys, they didn't drive the ball worth of crap last year in the uh, Ryder Cup. And this year, I think we you're right, we could spray it a little bit, and I think it's set up a little bit better for us. So you're and, in agreement with Brandon? Well, to a degree. Brandley, I mean, I'm sorry. Brandle. Brandle. So, I... We'll just call I him. Don't, I think I, we should just start calling him Brandley. I, I, I just don't. I don't. I, don't I, I, I think that course was overall, by what I can ch- see, was harder. It, it was more interesting, for sure. I loved watching him hit great shots into different pins that had where they had to figure out if they landed it short or carried it to the green. And I'd I, love I don't to know. play that golf course. And then when they would carry it long, it would roll off the back, and it was like, I was like, this is great. This is the way it should be. Not not just roll off, too, into, like, some rough, like, just off the back. It would roll off and, like, down a swale into, like, some runoff area, and so you'd have a tricky chip coming back up a slope, and you're like, it's good golf. Oh. I mean, but it was big greens, so it it was fair enough that like, if you hit the front of the green, it could stop before it rolled off the back or something like that. But I don't know. It was it was interesting. It, it was fun. It was great, like Link style type golf. It, those guys, you know, I, you just I just had the feeling the whole time they were going to win. I just had that feeling, even when they were down the first day. Never was, a doubt. I just thought they were just so much better. Never a doubt. I even though, that, like uh, some, in those international, they put. I mean, they played well. Well, Answer played fantastic golf. Abraham Answer <laughs> played. See, did you see that quote from Tiger? I, that was pretty good. I mean, but Answer also came back to him and said, "Hey, you know, like, let me clarify here. I wanted to play Tiger. I didn't want to necessarily for like 
I thought that would be just a great match. It'd be great for my career. It'd be a great challenge, that kind of thing. It wasn't I wanted to play Tiger because I think I can beat his ass. I just wanted to play him because that would have been awesome to play him. And guess what? He ended up playing him. He was so. pretty cocky. He was pretty yeah. cocky about his 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 demeanor and stuff. Sure. And, and, <laughs> you know how small that guy was? Oh, he's tiny. And he was good. Yeah. He's so good. So Answer played fantastic golf. And this uh, Sung J M, who's was the rookie of the year last year on the tour, he was phenomenal. I watched, and he he waxed Gary Woodland. I watched, I watched him on the Corn Ferry on Web.com at the time, I, and I was so impressed with that guy. He won three times in that year, and he got it was his first year on it. That guy is good, dude. He he is, is one of the good. best iron players I I watched last week. I was like, I didn't know who the guy was until I this did. week. I knew he was good. And I was like, holy cow. I mean, Dude, every every good. iron shot was lasered in. Just lasered in. He played fantastic Dude, he golf. is fantastic. Yeah. He's, you're, he's a guy that we're going to see a lot of. I think so. And we've been seeing Cameron Smith. You look at him. And he's him. been sneaking into stuff, and he showed up, too. If he you absolutely saw, showed up. If you saw him yeah. anywhere, would you think that guy was an athlete? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, he's just kind of your average... Bi- like he is, he's totally your average Joe walking down the street, just like kind of little plump kind of guy, just like probably probably loves him some cheeseburgers or something, you know, like whatever. He must just have a freakish hand-eye coordination or something. Oh, what? He's just he's, he's worked it, man. He's worked it. He's and he, good, and he probably trusts the shit out of whatever he does too. He just doesn't care about anything else. Yeah. Um, I thought they, I thought so. I thought M played well. I thought uh, Answer played well. Um, uh, Cameron Smith played well. Oosthuizen just he's just he's so steady, just solid. He played really well. And he collapsed against Finau though. He well, uh, well, uh, Kucher played Oosthuizen, but he collapsed against Kucher. Yeah. Didn't they put Finau played Matsuyama? Oh, I was thinking the. Uh, I was thinking probably the, the other match they might the, have played. I, when the, 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 did they play the doubles against? They them? might have played. So it was Oosthuizen and uh, and. Um, uh, Gosh, I can't believe his damn name. Here. Let's see here. It was probably on. It wasn't day. It was three. a doubles match. It, it was Woodland. Day. No, it was Finau and Kucher versus um, Ustazen and um, East Ustazen and Scott played uh, yeah. Johnson and Kucher. Yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, Johnson and Kucher had a good start, and then they totally just shit the bed. But. Um, and they and who's ties in an answer beat Dustin Johnson and Gary Woodland on day one too. So, but no, I I think that that's been steady. Leishman was a little up and down, but uh, internationals played solid golf up until the singles. Just think about it, like like Ustazen and Answer being Woodland and Johnson, those two little dudes, mm-hmm. and just. It's not like a. Let's think about that golf course. It's not about power. It wasn't. It wasn't because the the U.S. outdrove most of those guys all day long, and those guys still were hanging in there and beating them, especially in the two man competitions. Who I was surprised how far, like when he wanted to turn it on, how far someone can hit the ball his feet out when he wants to hit the ball, especially with that short uh, backswing. It's crazy. He generates so much clubhead speed and just. Bombs the shit out of him. Oh, dude, when he wants to hit it far, it's crazy. Yeah, I wish I could do that because I got that similar 
like shorter backswing, but I don't generate anywhere near that fucking swing speed. Yeah, that's it's a different level. He's now nah, he's I, got him. He's, he's got it perfected. Well, yeah, he's got perfect, but he's also got just insane hands. Like his hands are crazy. He's one of those guys, kind of like a Sergio, where I feel like they they create a ton of lag and and do just rip through at the bottom, and it's good for them. Him and uh, uh, Reed have the best hands. I like all that. And their hands are so good. So should we talk about Patrick? Yeah, I think we talked about him last week. You we did had a chuckle. Well, but we talked about. I mean, he came out. He came out that last day. He took care of business. Yeah, I mean, we've got. I mean, there were there were obviously a lot of scenarios there. Um, we getting heckled a lot on the first few days. His caddy freaking then goes off and I guess shoves some guy, spills a beer, whatever. That's, um, that's, I'm like, so what? And that? then and then ends up like not being able to caddy on the last day. Uh, I I think there was an unnecessary amount of attention on Patrick, which here's the problem. There always is. And I'm going to go back to my point last week in that the tour would not miss that guy at all. Like if he, if you just pulled his card because he's a cheater and he's a freaking just like, it's, he's like, he's like the fucking happy Gilmore of shit. And like, I don't know, but actually that's probably a bad example because happy actually brought out more fans to watch in that stupid movie. Like he's obnoxious. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he's got issues, man. I just he's got issues. I just think it. it yeah, it's more flavor. Like I, I just don't like vanilla, and you know I don't like him. But I, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he hurts the game. I, he doesn't help it though. I mean, he. But he's a. Who you gotta have guys you don't. We like. talked about. You're right. We talked about this. Like villains are everywhere, right? Exactly. We gotta have a villain. Yeah, I mean, dude, Tiger the, was the villain for a while. It was a point. Oh, there was years. Tiger yeah. was the villain. People did not like that guy. Now he's like loved again. It's crazy. I don't understand it, dude. There was three years, like 08 to like eleven, dude. That guy. He was worse than what people think of Reed. I don't know about that. that it was a. Oh, dude, it was there. I mean, he was cheating on his freak. I mean, blatantly cheating on his pretty wife and, you know, drugged up and just. Yeah, but he was selling freaking Nike shit left and right still. And <laughs> he had, I mean, he had all those still endorsements and all that crap. They, he and, had some shit pulled, though, at the time. Remember, there was well, like. Well, once the incident happened, he did. I mean, once once it all went down with the cheating and stuff, they, yeah, he lost some He stuff. was disliked. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. I, I still don't. I, I've never been a Tiger fan. Um, I appreciate his game. I think it's incredible how he has uh, um, read. Oh, we're punting again. That's good. Um, uh, that he, I mean, he's rebuilt his swing so many times. Like people don't do that. They don't rebuild their swings like handful of fucking times, and he's done it, and it's just been crazy. But I don't think he's going to do it again. No, he's done now. I think if he does it again, it's just gonna be like mechanics tweaking because you can't keep doing that. I think. Well, I think we like we talked about last week. I think he sticks with doing what he's doing his on his own terms, and I think it'll actually help him from a longevity standpoint. Because if he has somebody else telling him what to do with his body, I think he's just gonna fuck up his back again. And but if he if he knows what he can do within himself, only you know what you can do within yourself. Like, then fucking do it. I think he thinks like right now it's just gravy. Whatever he's getting right now, it's just it's. Oh, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm it's I'm living it, yep. and 
I've got fifteen majors. Yep, and Bridge and Bridgestone pays me some stupid amount of money to play their golf balls, and uh, dude, he just has fun. TaylorMade probably pays them a, them a, a dumb amount of money. To think play about their those two weeks, the Hero Challenge with your little game you take down there. The you know twenty guys. Yep, in the best guys. Eighteen. Eighteen. Your buddies. Yep. Hanging out. Yep. And then you uh, private jet it. Fly. Did you see? Like someone was showing me it uh, yesterday, day before. Did you see the pictures of the jet no. that took over? No. Epic. Oh, it cost fifty six thousand dollars an hour. I believe that. The it had it had this bad. Oh, it was like the super jet. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. So I mean, it cost a million bucks just to charter that. Yeah. I wonder if he took the guys on it. I, I mean, wonder if he did. That's I, why, but that's why you get Citibank and whoever else freaking sponsored the President's Cup. They're paying that freaking bill, so guarantee it. Yeah, you think they did? Fuck yeah! See, that's what we were discuss- We were talking to. I think they did too. Guarantee Citibank's paying, picking up that tab. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. But that's why they're the main sponsor of the deal, right? They're picking up all the travel expenses, or at least they're throwing enough money at it that it's covering that thing, it. That thing, that thing was stupid. Fifty-six thousand dollars an hour. And That's insane. Uh, the Pacers, when they played in uh, India this, yeah, we, this we, past, we uh, saw that. It was cool. That they had a badass plane, and it was about that per hour. Some stupid amount of money. I, somebody told me it was like half a million dollars each way. It's normal. Yeah. I just I, I was I was just curious if actually he took anybody on the plane. That's the only thing I wanted. To, I think I bet he did. He had to take the team. Well, and all the wives were there too, so I'm thinking everybody was on that freaking plane. Because it doesn't make sense to like have them fly separately. No, I'm sure they were all just took from the Bahamas and we're, took off. We're lit. We're all going down if we're all going down. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's crazy. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy with the Presidents Cup. It was good. The ending. It was. I, I didn't make it up. I was. I. I, I couldn't. I, I fell asleep. Did you? Yeah, it was fine. Did you I, make it all the way? I did, and I mean, I'm texting some of the other guys, and you know, I was like, a couple people were like, you know, I think it's coming down to the Fowler match. I, I legitimately thought it was coming down to the Fowler match. Who are you texting with? Uh, Johnny and uh, Side, and um, some guys from work and stuff like that. And we were we were saying that. What time did they go till? It probably went till twelve thirty one ish. I would think somewhere in there. Yeah, I I I I got till about eleven forty five and I'm yeah out. It was probably about twelve thirty. Might have been a little bit before that when Kucher um, won the seventeenth hole, and by winning that, he he guaranteed him a half point, and that's all that they needed to retain so, the cup. Yeah, but he I mean he stuck an iron shot on seventeen. It was fantastic, and I'm not a huge Cooch fan either, but it was it was a cool moment. He's good, dude. Oh, he's steady. I mean, he for another kind of homes made swing guy. He's, he's he didn't start playing the game till he was fifteen. Really, he's an incredible athlete. Like hand eye coordination. Oh yeah, you know anything with baseball yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like he that. didn't start playing until high school. That's crazy. Yep. Did it, where did he play at in college? I can't remember. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Well, either, hey, good for the Presidents Cup. Good for the Presidents Cup. Uh, Good for we've been, we Mark. We've been talking a lot about booze. We have been lately, and I think we've concluded after a, you know almost a year and a half 
Yep. Of I'm gonna lean try. back. I'm gonna lean back now because I want to get more casual with the conversation. Yeah. Well, we've been talking in a year and a half. We've talked a lot about like, drinks and like we've tried like really good stuff. We've tried some good stuff. Really good stuff. We've drank a lot of different tequilas, a lot of different bourbons. We've sampled some craft beers. Um, we we compared the shit beer that you can get at uh, at at the Masters. You know, we've done, we've run the gamut. But I think you kind of said it today. The basics work. There's a reason for it. There's a reason they were selling like really well when there wasn't all this craft shit. It's because they're good. And people are going to, it's going to make a circle, I think, sooner than later back to it. The good, basic, you know, Jack Daniels, Maker Marks for bourbons, the Budweiser's for beers. Those are the ones that are going to keep, they're going to make it. They're going to sell through it. The craft shit will go away. This, when I go and I see this bottle of bourbon that nobody's ever heard of for $140 sitting on the shelf. Nobody's there. But there's, there's going to be a few idiots that buy it, including us, yeah. that's bought it and tried it. And be like, okay, that was okay. Right. Okay. That tasted similar to something I've ever had before. Yeah. Okay. And you wonder if they could repeat that same taste in the next year? Probably not. Because they don't have like the distillery like Jack Daniels. Sure. Or Woodford. Yeah. Their by recipe the way, is I, not going to be perfected. That Woodford distillery is amazing, by the way. I got to get down. You, you'd like it. It's really cool. But you can go and buy it. What did we look up tonight? Buy a bottle of Jack Daniels for 25 bucks. Sure. Big one. A big one. Yeah. It's good. That's good whiskey or bourbon. Yeah, it's good Tennessee well, that's whiskey. Not, what is it's it? Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, Tennessee whiskey. Yep. It is the number one in the world. I looked it up. It's a it's number good. two. It's got a theme. sweetness to it. Um, I love. I, I. I mean, I drank it for years. Uh, would would kill it with Coke or Diet Coke for a long time, and then I got to the point where I'd just do a splash of Coke or something in there, or Diet Coke in it. That was about it. And then um, I think you start getting exposed to what other people call premium whiskeys. Um, and uh, I've, I've gotten to the point where, like, if I go out to a dinner, I order a Woodford because almost everybody has it, and it's good, and it's not, like, I'll just get it on the rocks, and it'll be fine. So what we're casually drinking tonight is some Old Forester. And we and I made some old fashions mixed with it because it's the original gangster, yeah, OG of of, uh, of uh, old fashions. But I don't make my old fashions like with a bunch of sugar and all that. I just put a splash and a little, a little bit of bitters. simple syrup in there. Yeah, a little something. bit of bitters. Yep. And how, I mean, how has that been to sip on? Uh, you know, it. I I think I was telling you earlier. It uh, it reminded me of kind of a Maker's Mark type of thing. Number five whiskey in uh, the world sold. Yep. And uh, um, to me, because it had a little, and I think the rye gives it a little bit more sweetness. Um, and that that's what it reminded me of. And now that it's got even a little bit more water in it, it totally reminds me of that. Have you had a? Um, I saw another one on that list that. Have you had Evan Williams? Another good uh, classic. Um, I can't remember the last time I've had that. You know, it's it's one of those that you'll probably find at a. Uh, the the I tell you what, the last place I probably had it is because I went to a, whether it be a convention or a conference or a like you know some big event kind of thing, and it was like at a hotel, 
right, or something like that, and like the hotel bar or the setup they had out in the like lobby area of the hotel bar for this conference you were at before the dinner or some you know dinner you went to some awards dinner you went to or something right so it's it's more of like that 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 you're going to find maybe at the wedding as like the well whiskey kind of thing would be the Evan Williams and and which which is good but it's not premium obviously yeah so i think so what we're going to try to set up, what we were talking about off the uh, pod, is we're going to do a uh, a blind yes. taste test of a very, very high-end bottle. We're talking hundreds of dollars. Yep. You know, it could be a five, $800 bottle. And we're going to yep. do like a like a $100 bottle and a $50 bottle and a $30 bottle. And you said maybe five, right? Or yeah, we'll, we'll do, we're going to try to do some range of some. I think up to five. I think you do more than five and probably get out of hand. But so, do you think you'll be able to tell? Um, I I think you'll be able to tell. Um, yes, I do. Um, probably, I think where you're going to have the. I think you're from top to bottom. Um, like you're going to know what the bottom one is most likely. You're gonna be because you're, you're. It's gonna be a familiar taste, and it's probably gonna be something that you feel is over sweetened. Because um, I, I think that when I think when Jack Daniels and Maker's Mark now, it's just like they put like it's almost like they over sugarify it or something. I don't know what they do to it. Um, but I think where we'll struggle is kind of more the what I what would be the the top end, the expensive ones. Like so, let's say the top three. I think we may struggle, and I think the number two cheapest one, if we like arrange them by price. So if we drank them like an order of price or some random order or something like that, we may struggle with the one that's probably the second cheapest. Like for example, like a Weller that's like thirty-five bucks or something for a bottle. If that got mixed in, I think you could easily get that confused with the two hundred dollar like Pappy or some shit. So, not two hundred dollar Pappy out there, but I agree with five hundred dollar Pappy, whatever. So, all right, yeah, I, I'm actually excited. It'd probably about be a two hundred dollar like Rip Van Winkle, not Pappy, but. I've had the Pappy before, and it's it, it it's it's nothing that special. I just don't understand that difference. Like, so I don't I don't get it. So we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. We're gonna make that happen. I think it's one reason I have um, really enjoyed getting in the te- the tequila space, though. Uh, I do think there is a lot more uh, variance and differences in the tequilas we've been tasting um i think there's because of the different ages the way they age it uh because of the what they're aging it in because of their processes possibly because of where they're pulling their agave plants from i don't know um but i feel like we've had more differences in tequila now it may be a personal uh taste flavor something you prefer you know as we were talking today at the store he was like oh this is my favorite tequila. And I'm thinking to myself, he's like, you can go and buy your Clase Azul and you can go buy this, that, or that. I'm like, I'm like, Clase Azul is still the benchmark to me. Um, that Fortenza, what, Fort- Frontaleza. Frontaleza. It's good. It's good. It's very good. The Blanco was good for 50 bucks. It has a, it has a unique flavor. I, I think I like the Blanco better than the uh, Winter Blend. And the Winter Blend was but 30, I tell you what, 40 more for bucks. For 65 bucks. The Dragones Blanco blows it away. So it's like, uh, uh, hey, we're, it, 
But my point is, to go. Have I had that? No, you haven't. Uh, Michael had it up at the lake this past summer. It was so good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but my point is, I think there's more variables to uh, the different tequilas because you have the blancos and the reposados and the añejos and the extra añejos, and then you have all these different brands. Versus, like, I've started to drink these bourbons, and I feel like they all are pretty fucking similar. I don't think that. That's I, with bourbon. I do, I think bourbon is just. Well, maybe it's these craft ones that are just all so similar, and I'm like, what are they marking this stuff up for? It's I, not that much different. I think we're not exposed as many tequilas either. Like we're not seeing what we see. Like me and you, we see. Dude, we're right next to Kentucky. I mean, yeah. We see. We're two hours or less than two hours from the yeah. bourbon capital of the world. Well, so are you suggesting that there's more tequilas yes. that are similar? No, no, yes, I do. Because, I mean, when I went down to uh, Naples and I looked at, at like, a, like, a high, like this place was a high-end Mexican bar and it had, it had 250 tequilas. Okay. And I had no idea. I thought I like kind of knew tequilas. Yeah. No idea. Well, there's a lot of shitty tequila out there, too. But I think there's a lot of good shit out there that we're, we haven't seen. That we haven't even tapped into it's yet. just but the, but the market's not even close like bourbon no. compared to tequila is like it's no you walk up and down the aisles and it's 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 not even the same game no it's not even at least here no i think in the world yeah. like overall like bourbon well you start talking about just whiskey in general it yeah it smokes i mean because you start bringing in scotches and all the different other types of whiskeys and whatever else and you're it's a it's a different ball game i i like i like tequila but I almost put tequila, like it's, it's almost like a, um, in a vodka kind of territory. I don't like vodka that much, and I like tequila way better. But it's it's just a different, like it's a different flavor, totally different type oh, no, of. It, uh, no, it had, absolutely yes, I agree with that. It's, it's just, different. Yeah, it's I mean scotch and whiskey and and. Um, and bourbon are just different. Bourbon's awesome, dude. It's a fuck. It's just a cool. It's great. It's a cool drink. Love it. But I go on my kicks like you. Like I'm like, okay, hey, like it gets warmer and stuff. I want tequila. <laughs> and it's like we it, It's like our summer beverage. And I'm actually like, I the more like I've drank like Casamigos is my the go to. It's easy for fifty bucks, man. It's a it's it's just easy drinking. Casa Azul is too pricey. It is. It's too pricey. And it actually sometimes is a little too sweet for me. It's great. It's it's too easy to drink. No, some that's the thing you almost don't even appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's like it's it's gone. Yeah, boom. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm going to this all inclusive uh, resort in uh, February. I'm hoping they have some good tequila in Mexico. I'm, I'm hoping they've got some good tequila samplings because I'm just gonna freaking go to town and just be like, "What's that? What's that? Let's try that. Let's go." <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> like, no, I don't want a margarita. I want to drink all the fucking tequilas. <laughs> so, do you awesome. want to, you know, here, we could probably hit right, a pause so, here. I'll, yep. I'll get some blade gonna, and bow. Yep, we got the blade and bow. We promised that last week. So, hang on just a second. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Um, sorry for the brief delay there while we refilled. So, we were drinking uh, some $23 bourbon, $25 bourbon, whatever it was. Um, and then we've got this Blade and Bow. Um, I mentioned this last week. We were drinking the tequila, but we had John had gotten this bottle, and we were uh, 
excited to try this out. Um, this is uh, five keys of Blade and Bow once hung on the front door of the iconic Stinsel Weller Distillery. These heavy brass keys represent the five steps of crafting bourbon and symbolize the art of making the world's finest whiskeys. There you go. So I'm going to get to the uh, this picture is, uh, I took on them. Aged and charred American white oak barrels. Um, they create notes of sweet toasted cereal, warm winter spice, and dried fruit. So, uh, it's good stuff. This is out of Louisville. Um, it's got I'm out trying of the to f- Stitzel and Weller uh, Distilling Company. So it's 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 out of the Weller Group. Um, yeah, and I was trying to find the. Um, I thought I took a picture of it, but I didn't. So like the history behind it, it's got. It has like a like a they mix in like a drop or a few a couple drops of pappy. And like, sure, they've blended it, a lot of stuff yeah, in here in in like each bottle. Yep. It, it, to me, so I've had it before, and I think you've had it before. You you take it. T- I, it reminds me of a certain drink, a certain type of bourbon. I, I taking a sniffy sniff here first. There's definitely some caramel in there. Some. Uh, some sweetness. It's good. Not a lot of alcohol in the nose, which I like. You know, we, we were, so we, we uh, John and I went to Vine and Table, which we mentioned uh, last week. Uh, we went there today to look for some possible Christmas gifts for some folks. And um, they had bottles open. They were doing some sampling. And I, I don't even remember what we drank, but like the alcohol on the nose of this one that <laughs> he gave us. It it what was that? It, I it didn't knock me over, but I tell you what, it was. I I was like, wow, like we're gonna drink this right now. Like there was so much alcohol. Yeah, in it. I didn't like it. It was bad. So and then this I, other, so this guy comes up. This other so this guy we're sampling it with one of the guys that works there, and this other guy comes up, and I said, ah, I think this needs some water, and it was mainly because of the alcohol in there. And he goes, Ah, here, he gave me this other like crystal water. This. Uh, crystal like snifter glass or whatever it was. He's like, "Chair, do this. Spin it around and like whatever." And I'm so I spin it around. He's like, oh, "That'll give it some different flavor because you know whatever." And I'm like, "It tasted like fucking alcohol shit." It, 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 it was lighter fluid. It, it tasted the same. I and I put a, like four drops of water in the other one just to try to see if I could impact the alcohol. Tolerate. Well, and take it, a sip. Take a sip. What do you think? Okay, give it a whirl here. Give it a whirl. So I'm going neat um, with the uh, blade and bow. Um, it's got some um, it's got some spice up front. Um, where I was, uh, man, I was getting some sweetness before, but when you taste it, it it's really it's all spice, it's and then it fucking burns going down. I so there's some alcohol in here. I um, what is this? Well, you're having a neat, and you've had stuff on ice before. Forty-five percent, okay, ninety-one proof. All right, so it's got some stuff. So, I took mine a little bit on the ice. Yeah, and so we're going to try to do this moving forward, where we um, 
where we could try to give it a little bit of variety on the, on the way that we're drinking it. Because I know we've done in the it, past it uh, has, a lot of... It has that little spice kick, but it's good. Well, nice. Like, it tastes yeah. really good. It needs it, a little water. It's got... It's got a, it, I don't, it just has a Blanton's kind of feel to me. Taste. Blanton's, huh? It does. See, this is where I think back to kind of our previous conversation and doing some side-by-side. Um, you know, for if for $55, you can get Blanton's. And we think that that... I don't want to call that the benchmark by any means, but if we think that is like about as good as you can do for the most part, um, it's good. There's it's very good, it's and good. it's and it's it's got a lot of the characteristics you want in a unique craft type of spirit, um, but yet feels a little, you know, they've sweetened it enough to make it feel kind of like you know user friendly, if you will. I don't know if that's the best way of describing it, but because. There's stuff like this that just has alcohol in it, and there's some things, and you feel like you have to almost put it in a cocktail or craft it differently and, and drink it some way, old-fashioned it, whatever you need to do. Um, I, to me, Blanton's is is kind of the one where you're going to measure it up, and I, I almost feel like we have to have that in our five. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's put that in the five. The, I mean, I can't... I mean, here's the pro- I don't drink any whiskey really neat. But I, I, want, I want us to have, like, at least three common... Ones that we know. So, like, whether that's, like, Blanton's and Woodford, and then something else we've had before that's a higher-end one, and then something else we've had before that is, like, the cheapest-end one, and then something we've probably never had. It's almost like I want to compare four we've had, one we've never had, due to price. You want to have some gut rot. Like, you want to, like, some gut rot. (laughs) No, I want somebody to, like... Pour me a Jim Beam that's, like, maybe some unique one that they say is, like, some, you know, single-barrel shit. What Like, like give me a single-barrel Jack Daniels or something like that, right? Because I've got one of those in my... I've Frank got this Sinatra. Gentle, like a Gentleman Jack or a... So I don't, like Gentleman Jack, man. That's that, a good so, well, that's, that's what I'm saying with this, is that I'm not suggesting that we just go, hey... Give me the straight old Jim Beam or the straight old frickin' 37 frickin' Jack Daniels, right? Like, I'm like, give me a gentleman Jack, give me a single barrel Jack, give me some unique Beam or something like that. I wanted to, like, hey, these are big name distilleries. They're trying to do something a little bit more elite. And, uh, and then we'll compare it to what you pay for from elite standpoint, right? And, like, so. If you've got to go buy a single barrel jack or a gentleman jack for fifty bucks, well, how does that compare to Blanton's? It's almost like, hey, let's compare five fifty dollar whiskeys, right, or something like that. I don't know. We could do this so many different ways, dude. We, but we can diminish value like pretty easy. We're pretty good at doing that. Fuck yeah. We're just well. I'm just like there is a market for high end whiskey. Yeah, it's. I mean, there is. Well, it went when when the guy at Old Fifty Five here in Indiana, it's kind of like it tells like, me that he can sell ten thousand bottles to China or Korea for five thousand dollars a bottle, and then they sell it for ten thousand dollars a bottle there. I'm like, there's clearly a market for whiskey, but and what what people but, consider high end or unique. We're reducing it down to like. Just straight flavor, taste, enjoyment. That's what we're doing. But 
think about it. We could do that with cars. You could do that with diamond yep. rings you bought for your wife. Yep. Because yep. Th- think about that. Like, yep. When it comes down to it, it's just subjective. It's totally personal preference. It's subjective. But one thing I think we can both agree on is flavor. Yeah. So we can both agree. We, you can't lie about that. Like, that's something, like, you can't say. It gets your palate. Like, it goes down. Like, okay, yep. hey, I'm giving a real opinion. Now, if it's rare... Okay, that's that's cool, right. but is that worth it to correct. us? Does no, it, does it, it's does not. It, is to it, me, it's not. Correct. Does it have the flavor? Does it have the taste? Does it have what you're looking for? And I, I, where one thing that we'll probably never agree on, and because we'll never know. Here's the thing: we'll never know. I will never know how that thing tastes to you. I'll never know. It's subjective. Absolutely. It's so different. Yeah. I mean, that's because the way you taste something is completely different. And than the way, way I'm that taste something. you taste something today could be different than tomorrow. Well, yeah, because I ate some shitty fucking barbecue that's just grinding in my stomach right now. <laughs> you know, here's one thing I can kind of give credit to beer. I know what I'm going to get. Beer is different in that regard. Like, I can drink this Blade and Bow like one night and be like, this is like just is not going right. Yeah. And then, like, but and it tastes get, different. And it tastes different. Yeah. And then if I go get, you know, a Steve out of the fridge, I know it's always going to taste like Steve. Yeah. I'll, I'll it's going to be a Budweiser. Yeah. You can, you know, it's just always well, going to be a Steve. I think it's the fun part about what we do and what I, we talked about this kind of offline too a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago um, in where I, I think we should, and I know you're not a wine drinker, um, but I, I think there's some cool variations and there's some unique, um, um, uh, you know, space in the wine area in which, I'm in. um, let's, let's go with that route in which, uh, there's, there's a ton of variety for us to go there too. I just, you know, here's the thing, like I'm willing to like go and try different wines, but you know, you know, I get. I prove. I bet you there's a lot of wine drinkers that are golfers. I think there are a lot of golfers that are wine drinkers for sure. Um, <laughs> you like I flipped that real quick. Uh, and 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 the reason being is if you look at um, you know anybody who likes the finer things in life, if you will, and I think golf is one of the finer things in life. Um, it. Uh, it comes along with a fine meal at times. And with a fine meal, pairing a really nice wine is uh, obviously very commonplace. Um, and if you go around the world, it's a common thing that people do. They pair wine with meals. And I would think that anybody who listens to our show, um, while they may not drink whiskey, they may not drink tequila, they might not even appreciate beer, they may appreciate a good wine because they appreciate a good meal. And um, that's where I think we we could also be on a mission, and th- and this is where we we tweak this a little bit, and I think it could be fun. Um, we're we we're we're going to lean toward on a mission to find a value bottle of whiskey. We talked about this earlier today, right? What can we? What can you one? What is available? Right? Like, what can you actually find, and that you can pay fifty dollars or less for a bottle. And actually drink it. So here's what here's here's what I gotta say. So let's do this for you can pick the time when we do it. Let's pick 
at the end of the year or the end of our season, yep. the value bottle of whiskey, yep. beer, tequila, and wine. We'll do all four categories, and we'll have like, okay, that's our pick. Yeah. And that's one we both agree on. Like, that's the overall. And, and the beauty of wine, uh, in my mind, different than a lot of the spirits and beers and whatever else, is that uh, I am always on a mission to find whatever the current vintage is that is a solid less than $20 bottle of wine. And I've got one right now, and we'll, maybe we'll drink that at our... That'll be our Happy New Year. Um, who knows what? It could be our uh, next show, but I've got it. You, and it you're it, a it's vino solid. guy. Like, Sherry's a vino, like my wife. Like, she mm-hmm. loves it. So I that's so I get bottles of wine. I get it for her. Yeah. But I'm, I'm always seeking the sub $20 bottle of wine that is like a 91, 92 plus pointer, um, you know, on a scale, you know, on a hundred point I, scale. I still go back to like when we were in France last year, oh. like, and we, we spent 10 bucks and it was just good wine. Yep. We found some great bottles for not. And they just money. break them out. I love how they broke them out. Yep. They're like, here you go. Boom. It was done. It was on your it's not like it's all this shit they do here. It's just, uh, it was boom, it was on the tables, but we're drinking it. Yep. And having a good time. We had a great time. We need to do it again. And with that. With that, we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh thank you, John. Um, that was fun. That was good. It was good. We, I like the, the little mix. I like the rants on uh whatever we're drinking and whatever uh, going moving through forward. Head. And um we do have some intentions on uh potentially a wrap of wrap up the year type thing but um we'll have to see when our next episode is so if uh if this is our final episode of 2019 um then uh it's been fun it's been a fun year so far and uh um but uh if not we might we might squeeze one more in before the end of the year we'll see how that goes and with that john hey uh it's snowing outside here so i know we're not going to go hit more greens and score better but uh if y'all have some weather where you can go do that. Have at it. Do it. Thanks. Thank you. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it. Fade it.